Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. In this episode, we are joined by an amazing guest, Jasmine from Smithco, and she is going to chat all about how to transition to full-time entrepreneurship and also talk a little bit about how this is relevant in the event industry specifically. So if you have been wanting to amp up your side hustle or transition from full-time employment work to entrepreneurship, this episode is definitely for you. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We are very excited to have you with us, as well as our guests that we have on today. We're going to be chatting about how to transition to full-time entrepreneurship, which is an exciting topic for Logan and I personally, so we are looking forward to diving down into it. But before we do, we need to, of course, introduce our awesome guests and also introduce our co-host here, my colleague, Logan Clements. Hi, Logan. Hey, Mary. How's it going? Pretty good. I am incredibly excited about this conversation as two entrepreneurs ourselves. I'm very excited to hear our guest Jasmine's take on everything. But um, just to give you a little context of who Jasmine is, Jasmine Smith's the founder of Smithco, a full-service marketing agency specializing in culture-centered, integrated marketing campaigns and activations for brands and organizations. Jasmine work experience as a high-performing marketing and communications professional is one of the many building blocks that has contributed to her journey to quit life as an employee in the traditional workspace to speak, build, and connect with people in a more intrinsic way. Inspired by freedom and versatility of self-employment, Jasmine discovered entrepreneurship as a full-time way of life, launching several businesses and creative projects, including a niche wedding business, a week-long event that attracted over 400 industry professionals, and $100,000 in sponsorships. So Jasmine, welcome to the pod. Is there anything you'd like to add to your lovely intro? You all did it and you said enough. And so I'm like, did I really do all that? I guess I did. So I'm just excited to be here and, and share with you both today. So thank you so much for um, having me and let me come on to your podcast to share a little you know, about my experience and my insight as an entrepreneur. Thanks so much for, for being here. And I we all like to give a little bit of background about why we asked our guests. So why did we ask you? And uh, Jasmine and I have actually had the pleasure to, of working together. And I know that she's a rock star. I truly mean that. And so oh, I was excited. Yeah, I'm excited to hear what you have to share with us. And I know that you've got some really great things going on right now. And I love watching your journey and entrepreneurship. And so the topic is something that I think will resonate a lot with our listeners. We get like Instagram messages, LinkedIn messages um, from event pros just sharing their story and telling us about their leap to leave their corporate roles, for example, um, into entrepreneurship and to start doing their own thing. And so when when I hear that personally, I know it resonates with me. I would say, Logan, it probably resonates with you and Jasmine probably resonates with you. And so I'm excited to hear um, some guidance from you and encouragement on the topic today. So thanks again for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And we'll just dive right into um, some questions that we have for you today. And Logan, I think you're going to kick us off. Yeah, I think Jasmine, if you can just kind of start with your event journey and share with us, you know, we talked about your bio a little bit, but what's your background and how did you transition into this full-time entrepreneurship? 
Yeah, so let me just far, first start by saying that I um, just quit my job less than nine months ago. So I have been part of what everyone's calling the great resignation. Um, I think I had been thinking about it before um, the pandemic. I think that COVID being home and being isolated just kind of reinforced that like now's the time. Like, why not, girl? Just go for it. So um, I want to just put out there that I am new into full-time entrepreneurship, but I've been an entrepreneur for so long. I side hustled for so many years out of um, just the fact that I wanted that experience to work for myself. I wanted to be in a space where I could be creative on my own terms, but I also was in like survival mode. So it was a good way to supplement my income as a, as a single mom. And so um, to answer your question, I got into events as a way that many people don't talk about. And I was actually a volunteer. So for maybe two years, I did not get paid. Um, I went right from high school into the workforce. So non-traditional background, went to college much later in life. Um, but I was working for a um, as a consultant for a government agency. Um, and we were in the, I was in the marketing department. And so I got my kind of first eye-opening experience working um, in the marketing department where we relied heavily on events to help spread awareness about the work that the organization was doing. And so I kind of got my feet in it that way. And um, I'll never forget this. My mom had uh, called me and she said, check your email. This is when like Hotmail was a thing. And she sent me this like attachment. This is when attachments were a thing. It wasn't like embedded in the email. And it said, hey, call for volunteers for this really cool event happening in DC. And so long story short, I went to that call for volunteers, ended up being a great opportunity. It was a small media a company based out of New York and their business model was to stay small and lean, but they were doing some big work with some great and phenomenal brands and organizations. And so went and said, hey, I'm here to volunteer, but I wanted to meet like the women that were running it. It was also black women owned. And I met with both of the co-founders and was like, just so you know, I'm here to volunteer, but I, I want to do events. So I want to be like you and have my own company. And so that opportunity opened up so many doors. I volunteered with them for about two years. And then they eventually brought me on as a freelancer, which meant I was now getting flown out and paid to help produce events. And so um, through that volunteer experience, I literally was very intentional about soaking up all that I could, learning. I worked side by side with one of the co-founders. I then learned kind of stage management. And um, I just really, really just kind of listened and paid attention to everything that was happening backstage, watching her talk to the clients. And um, that's how I got into events. From from there, we're just like, oh, this is cool. I could do this. And I'll continue to do it as, as a side hustle. But that's how I got my way, my, my entry into events. It was some exposure at a job, but then there was a volunteer opportunity and I just decided to, you know, pursue that as, as a side hustle and later on as a business. That's so interesting. So first of all, the Hotmail users are going to come after you. I am judging, <laughs> like I am not trusting you, but I'm just saying it's when it first came out, my mom was like, what's your Hotmail email address? And so, yeah, that's, that was, that's my relationship. Yeah, totally. Now. Yeah, we just had an episode where you were talking about uh, pieces of technology we can't let go. And I feel like Hotmail is one of those three people. But Hotmail, um, AOL, let them go. Yeah. Gmail. <laughs> they've, they've got a, a strong tribe of folks, I feel like, that are just cool. continuing to to not let go. But yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that you touched on, though, that you volunteered. And that's something that we talk about on the podcast a lot because it really is a great way to get your foot in the door. So how did you navigate volunteering with like, there, there becomes a time when you could over volunteer and there, you know, you need to know your worth and know that there's a point where you should be compensated for the time and skills that you bring. So how did you kind of bridge that gap? When did you feel like you're justified to transition to like more paid work? 
Yeah, I think for me, um, I was a little self-aware and I knew that I had a lot to learn. Um, but I was also super hungry and eager to like learn the, the event business and learn and figure out what skills I would need to be successful, to be able to, to be able to have a career within the event space. And so for me, um, again, just being very intentional when I volunteered with like, what am I good at? Like, what did I feel good about when I left the event? What was I horrible at that I may want to work on or I just don't want to do? And so I think for me, identifying, you know, for me, it became stage management. I was just really good at helping to move talent and, you know, be on comms with the tech team if there was something that needed to happen or we needed to move somebody on stage. And so I enjoyed that. It just felt very natural for me. And I think once I understood that, like, oh, I think I've kind of gotten really good at this. And so when they would call me in to do other projects as a volunteer, I would then just be an assistant producer slash stage manager. Once that became repetitive, I'm like, oh, I'm actually good at this, right? And so I never had to go to them, fortunately, and say, hey, can I get paid now? But it was a thing where I was present, I showed up, I got good at this one thing in this one area, and they recognized it. And then once they did, it was like, oh, you know, we want to bring you on as a freelancer. So I think for someone that may be in a situation similar where you're, you know, trying to test the waters by volunteering, I think, um, you know, learn learn what you can learn. You don't want to jump out there when you're not ready. Um, but, you know, you have to kind of determine on, on your own. You know, have you been doing it for five years? Like, no one should be a volunteer in my mind. If it's two do more than be a volunteer for five years, right? But give yourself time to like learn the business and don't just think about the skills, but learn about the business and the relationships and how, you know, people find event producers or event planners. I think you just have to just, you know, keep keep your mind open, but just be smart and strategic based on where you are and what you're looking to do in your career as an event professional. Yeah, there's definitely that value, I think, in, in volunteering, especially it sounds like that you hadn't, made that leap yet to doing it full-time until you kind of had your feet wet, whether it was volunteered or paid versus just having an idea and, you know, tying into our theme here about entrepreneurship. Yeah. Where you had an idea, but I, I am interested because now you are a founder of a full service marketing agency. So how did you figure out that, that like, that's what you wanted to either be when you quote unquote grew up or be right now? Like talk us through that transition. Yeah. So I went from being a volunteer. Again, I had a full-time job full-time literally up until let's say 2021 of March. Um, I did quit my job at one time to jump out here. Wasn't quite ready, went back, but I went from again, full-time um, job. I had always worked in the marketing communications department. I ended up going to school, getting a degree in, in marketing, and I went to get a master's degree in PR. Um, and so while I was kind of just going through the traditional trajectory, right, it's kind of my, my career path, um, I found myself looking for opportunities where I could say, that would be a cool event, right? So I began to make a connection between what I wanted to do, what I was doing on the side um, in that full-time role. And then somehow I ended up in the wedding space. I was asked to like be a day of coordinator. And I'm like, what, what is that? This is when um, Ask Jeeves was a thing. I'm going <laughs> back, right? Um, Hotmail, Ask Jeeves, there's a, there's, a, there's a trend here. And I kind of, I remember Googling like, you know, what is a day of coordinator? And I, cause I, you know, I knew wedding planner, but nobody was using that terminology. And it, essentially, there are some couples that want to and enjoy planning their own wedding, but they don't, you know, they, they you can't be a bride in your gown telling people where to stand on your wedding day, right? So they, they recognize there's a need at least on the day of, and maybe some time up before that. So event uh, event volunteer, event freelancer, now wedding planner. So now I'm doing different types of events. I'm doing weddings and I'm doing live shows and galas and conferences. And so, um, you know, that being something that I wanted to focus on part-time, but knowing that at some point I wanted to just be able to 
wrap it all together. So again, as I said, I went back to college. I got some formal education in Marcoms. A lot of the work I was doing full-time, I was always, again, trying to make the connection. How can this be experiential? That's what an event is, right? And so um, once I started thinking about making this transition and working for myself full-time, um, events is something that I just I just love to do. I got so tired of weddings. I ended up leaving the wedding space, but I just, I love bringing people together. And that's a big part of what events are. And it just, if, if it just so happens if you're good and have logistical skills and you're organized and you can communicate and lead teams, right? It all kind of comes together. So for me, making the shift into working for myself and thinking about all the skills I had, it made sense to do a marketing agency um, because we do brand activations. A lot of that the last two years has looked like virtual events and experiences, right? So I can come into a client project and talk the event talk and understand platform and technology and run a show. But I can also think and put that kind of marketing hat on and say, okay, before we get to the event, how else can we help you? Right. And so pulling together as company, what allows me to do both, I can do have some event work, but I can also speak to the marketing side. So that's how I combine the two. I didn't just make it up, but it made sense based on my background, my years of experience in both fields. Um, and then just some of my more natural and innate skills and abilities. This is something I've already, um, no, my brain's ticking. We are going to have to have a follow-up conversation about this sometime <laughs> because something Logan and I've talked about like offline is that event marketing is something that just seems to fall through the cracks really often. And so I already know we're going to have to have you back to come talk to us about that because it's super important. So I love how all those skills that you have kind of have come together to form that. And I was thinking about um, maybe perhaps the first step for individuals um, to realize that entrepreneurship could be for them. And I'd love your thoughts on this because for me personally, I never thought like growing up that I would be an entrepreneur. It wasn't something on my radar. It seemed really risky. I've been really risk averse, which is something I, I've learned <laughs> as time has gone on. Yeah. And it, and it's not until people in my life like were like, no, you could do this. Here's what it could look like that I was like, oh, I, I can and maybe I should. And so what are your thoughts on that type of mindset? Yeah. So um, I will say that I am the first, I'm just thinking, I think I'm the first entrepreneur in my family. So like I come from a family that was like heavy government and military and job security. And like, what do you mean with your job? Like, you know, okay, you may have a part-time job, but nobody just like quits their career to like work on themselves. So um, I think that, you know, when you're, when you're considering entrepreneurship and you're thinking about what does this look like for me? Um, one, I will tell you, it's not that I had a bad day at work and I hate my job and work for myself. Like that is not entrepreneurship. I want to put that out there because you're going to have bad days as an entrepreneur. Let me just be very real with you. And there's going to be days where you're like, oh my God, did I make the right decision? Do I want to go back into the workforce? And so I think you should be thinking about one, um, do I feel valued uh, where I'm working? And, and assess that again. Is it based on, you know, a situation that happened at work? Or are you thinking about, I want to add more value in another way, more meaningful, impactful way? I think entrepreneurship allows that flexibility and that freedom and creativity um, to have a more meaningful purpose, if you want to call it that, or, or impact or do more impactful work. Um, I think being very clear on um, your skills and what you can do. I know sometimes, you know, in traditional workplaces were underutilized. And so you may just have this itch to do something else. That's what it was for me. It was par partially survival, but it was partially like, my job is cool, but like, there's some other skills I want to do. Like I want to be more creative and the events space allowed me to do that. So, um, and then I think thirdly, um, I think you have to be a certain kind of person. Like you got to be tough. Like entrepreneurship is, can I curse on your podcast? Is that okay? I don't want to offend anybody. 
entrepreneurship is tough shit. Like it is tough. And if you don't have the grit and the mental fortitude to make it through the times that get rough, or even when you're like, you know, have a lot of stuff to do, if there's always something to do, I always feel overwhelmed. And while I think I manage it well, like I am probably doing the best I can do. But again, I think there's a certain characteristic characters you have to have um, in order to really be cut out for the entrepreneurial life. The last thing I'll add, this just came to the top of mind, is um, you have to be willing to talk to people. So believe it or not, I'm an uh, introverted extrovert. So I get my energy from being by myself. But this energy is what I have to bring and show up with when I'm meeting new people, when I'm going after business, in my emails, right? And so I think if you're, you know, pretty shy and just don't like talking to people, I definitely would say, you know, maybe it's just better for you to be an entrepreneur on the side, like a side hustle versus thinking about going all in because you have to bring a certain type of energy, I believe, to really thrive and make it, you know, in this industry as a full-time entrepreneur. Yeah, I I was trying to think as you're talking, I'm like, well, like I feel like it is when you're to make the leap, like what do you how do you make the decision from going from side hustle to full time? For me, it was like a combination of emotions and rational thinking. <laughs> like like, um, like I was like, I was burnt out and and tired kind of of what I was doing full time. And then I crunched the numbers because I was the one paying our freelance people and okay. realized I could make the same amount of money doing freelance for the company I was working full time for at the time if I went freelance yeah. and I would just give myself, I gift myself time to figure out what I wanted versus mm -hmm. coming out with this idea that I wanted to do. I didn't, I was at similar at a crossroads of marketing and events. And I was like, I'm not sure which one I like more. Let me give myself space to do both. But yeah. um, I think it, everything you, you, you said really rings true for a lot of folks. And I feel like we do have a lot of people in events who kind of turn into accidental entrepreneurs. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Again, maybe not going into it with a mindset of I'm going to start a company, I'm building an agency or something like that, that it just, they like what they're doing and they realize they can keep doing it and, you know, do these different projects like it sounds like you were doing before before you went full time. Yeah. Um, but speaking in that kind of same vein of like, what do you what's in your opinion? What does someone need to have in place to justify making that leap from side hustle or hobby or just a potential idea into full time entrepreneurship and working for themselves? That's an excellent question that I feel like I'm still trying to figure out. <laughs> I know for me, um, I longed for um, a sense of freedom and flexibility. And, and we're not talking about freedom to sleep in, you know, I'm not talking about freedom to like just do self-care Mondays, like not that kind of freedom, but the freedom to decide um, how I wanted to work, what kind of work culture I wanted to live um, and who I wanted to work with. Um, you know, I was a, a traditional consultant for many years where you're just put on projects and assigned to like, this is your account and this is what they need. And sometimes you work with some really awful people and awful clients. Sometimes your teammates suck, right? So for me, a part of that was like just desiring to have a level of flexibility and freedom to determine who I worked with, how I worked, and most importantly, how I wanted to show up. Um, as a black woman specifically, that was a, a senior manager for a small firm where I was one of three black senior leaders, I also felt like I didn't really have a strong voice, right? I felt like I had to kind of, you know, quiet myself a little bit. And so being an entrepreneur has allowed me, again, that flexibility and freedom to just show up with my red lip. I can jump on a conference call with the founder of a company and have on a hoodie, my red lip, and I am just as confident, right? I'm just like, this is me. This is who I am. I couldn't do that. Um, in some of the traditional workspaces that I that I you know grew up in, as far as professional and traditional careers, so um, yeah, that for me, I, I I think you know consider again where you are 
consider what your desires are, who you want to be, um, how you like to show up. Um, one thing that's important we don't talk about enough as entrepreneurs is the level of discipline that's required. Um, I've had to like literally schedule almost everything that I do is in time blocks because while we are typically highly organized event producers and event planners, when it comes to planning out your day and having client work and business development and just, you know, some time to like think and organize and deal with accounting. And there's so many things that if you don't have a certain level of discipline and structure within just even how you manage your day and your time, you're going to struggle. And so just be thinking and considering, I'm not saying you have to have it all together to make the shift, but just be aware that like there's a certain level of discipline and rigor that's going to have to show its, show its face in order for you to be able to really maintain and manage just the entrepreneurship of being an entrepreneur. I had just, I feel like Jasmine, you hit on something there that I'd love for our listeners. If you've listened to our episode 36, our first one of the season two, where we talked about goal setting for the year. Cause I think a lot of those questions you just touched on Jasmine are so important when you're first starting, but also even like if you're three years in five years in 10, 20 years in just about, you know, that you saying like how you show up, how do you want to show up? Because Mary and I have had some offline conversations about this too of, you know, what does that freedom look like? Is it financial freedom? Is it time freedom, you know, as an entrepreneur, you are the only person you can blame for your schedule. So that's wow. one that um, I know I've been challenging myself to kind of just have attention behind some of the things that, that I'm doing. So super valuable. But I know Mary, you had a question. I wanted to no, <laughs> jump that I, in there. <laughs> we actually mind linked because I was totally thinking about that too. That episode's kind of fresh in our mind. So really super relevant. And I also like Jasmine that you called out, like, you don't have to have it all together, all the things decided now. You learn it over time. And for me, so I've been in business just over, a little over a year now, and it's like, oof, the the learning that I have experienced the past year has been intense, yeah. and I'm so grateful for it. But I just know, or I've changed what I think about things as far as entrepreneurship goes. Like, oh, it's a lot different now than when I started, and so it's a journey. Um, and I think one of the hardest things is what we're talking about is like deciding to actually take the leap, <laughs> and so yeah. Um, I love everything you've said, diving into it just a little bit deeper. Um, do you feel like anyone who's interested in this needs to have some type of work lined up? And this is tough because it is kind of financial. It's like, it depends on your situation. Like, do yeah. you have the freedom just to quit and see what happens? Or do you need to try to secure some work? Any guidance or thoughts on that? I mean, I will say the responsible thing to do is to have some money put away. But like, let's be real, like the average person does not have a stacked savings account, right? Or a family that can help kind of keep you afloat. And that was certainly was not my reality. I was a single mom. My, my son is his second year. It was his first year in college. Um, and so like, I was not that person that had all the financial, like, oh, six months, I'm good. Like, I didn't do that. I just had reached my peak where I was ready to just, I was, this is the time. The time is now. To answer your question, Mary, it also, I did have, um, a piece of work in place. Um, and I say a piece of work, I had a client in place. And once I signed my contract, which was for about seven months with them, I that same day I signed it, I actually submitted my letter of resignation. So for me, like, even though it was just one piece of work, it was enough for me to say like, okay, at least I know what this month and probably next month looks like. Cause I had like PTO. I did save a hell of a lot of paid time off. So for people that have that as a corporate benefit, like, 
I knew that I'd have my last paycheck. I had a small bonus coming in. And I, I was I was one of those people to calculate how much I would think my PTO would be. So I had PTO save. And so once I looked at that and then I had that one client um, locked in, that was like all that I needed to say, girl, you're going to figure this shit out. Just do it. And so, um, yeah, I, again, I, I can tell you the responsible thing, the right thing to probably say is like, oh, wait till you have money in the bank and make sure your credit is this and that. But like for me, I mean, I was just like, uh, you know, you, I, you only live once, you know, and I'm like, this is my time. I feel like my time is now. And so, um, people ask me all the time, how do you know it was your time? And I just, for me, it was, I think I was motivated by this feeling of like, I just need to break away. I'm ready to like figure this out. I'm just going to do it. So when I got that piece of work, I just felt like, oh, I got work on my own. Like I can get paid, you know? And so for me, that was a huge motivating factor. So in an ideal world, if you have something lined up, yeah, you'll you'll definitely at least launch out there feeling a little bit more safe and secure. But let me tell you that when that piece of business is gone, you're like, oh, now what do I do? So yes, you should have some work if you if you can. Um, and if not, I would say be thinking about the basic needs of a business and at least have those things in place. I'm going to share this and I'll, I'll let you ask my next question. I did the inverse. I had the business, like the piece of business, but my business wasn't like the structure. Like I was legally a business. Yes. But things I'm working on today, I had not done. Right. Like I had not had a, you know, so capabilities deck. My website was okay, but now that I'm almost a year in, I'm much more intentional. So, you know, again, you don't have to have it all together. Like I didn't have all the sexy collateral pieces, but I had work. So that was more important for me at the time. So again, it could just be that maybe you jump out there where like you have your capabilities deck and your website is dope and you have your pricing structure and no business. That could be a way to start. Or it could be the total opposite where you're like, I'll just put up a splash page on Squarespace, but I have some, some business and you just kind of go from there. So I think it could go really either way. It's just dependent on the person and where they are. Yeah. Starting a business is both terrifying and exciting. <laughs> I'm getting all the feels from what you're sharing, like all the emotions that <laughs> have been experienced, but ugh, yes. Definitely. Ride, you know, we all love that. Yeah. It's like insane and crazy, but we just like, we're going to wait in line for an hour and then we're going to like scream and yell <laughs> in the air and then we're like our hearts racing and that is that is starting your own business. So. It is. I have a whole, Mary, I'll have to put it in the show notes. I have a whole blog post I wrote like my second or third year in business. That was, yeah, it literally described it as a roller coaster because it was that, like you said, Jasmine, like not all days are going to be great. You know, you're not like girl bossing all the time or like sleeping in or the people who, exactly. you know, are working poolside or something like that. I'm like, it's yeah. not often like that, but it's also on the whole, pretty awesome, but you yeah. don't have to weather the storms. Um, and again, you know, testing how much you really do enjoy working for yourself, but, um, any advice that you would give that we've given this kind of general making leap from side hustle to full-time, but for someone who is specifically <laughs> in events, um, do you have any specific advice for them for jumping into that full-time working for themselves and entrepreneurship? Yeah, I think the beautiful thing is even with, you know, COVID, which we know is never going to leave us. Like there's always room in the event space, I think in the industry, um, Events are a huge moneymaker for companies, nonprofits, and so there's going to always be a need. And so I think the same business rules apply, right? Kind of even having that firm foundation, maybe be thinking about what type of events would you like to support? Do you want to just do nonprofits? Do you want to just do conferences? Do you want to do live broadcasting? Do you want to just do like virtual is here to stay? And I think um, that there's pros should be looking into just becoming smart technologists, and that could just be a niche in itself. So just be thinking about 
What type of events? Is it social? Is it corporate? Is it fundraising? Um, do you want to just you know understand how to build out an event platform, right? Thinking about if you want to be more niched in your skill set before you jump out there, or do you want to just jump out there and say, hey, I do it all. The other piece of advice I would say is think about partnering. Um, a lot of event people are pretty friendly. I, I every industry is different. I I have had good experience with people that work across the industry, so. I think if nothing else, when you start out, just start out as kind of a freelancer. So you can still have your own company, your own entity. But it's like, hey, Mary, I know you were doing some dope events with, you know, Nike is like my dream company. You know, would love to if you have any opportunity, you know, on a project, you need some help. I'm happy to be a virtual stage manager or, you know, come in and work registration. Um, but don't 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 get so caught up in like finding my own clients that you don't think about kind of the lower hanging fruit, which could really just be just partnering and syncing up with some other really cool um, people that have their own companies. And then you can build uh, your company as you go from there. Jasmine, you are spot on. I'm sure Logan's thinking the same thing because we say this in almost every episode, but a huge theme for us is community over competition. And that is what I think our experience has been with the event industry. So there's definitely, like you said, opportunities to collaborate, to partner. And I'm so glad that you called that out and that you had the same experience. It just yeah. validates that more. So, well, anything else that we did not cover that you would want to add about the transition to full-time entrepreneurship? Um, I would just say, um, give yourself grace. Um, it is tough. Um, even after having a business for many years, even though I'm just newly into full-time entrepreneurship, um, I feel like I'm still learning. I feel like I'm still winging it <laughs> half the time. So just know that like there is no how-to book that gives you step-by-step. -step. I think uh, gleaning insights from other people that have done it um, is a great way to just kind of wing it in the way that works for you. Um, and then also that's the beauty of working for yourself. You can create the way that works for you. And so again, whether it's more like, you know, being a freelancer and partnering or going after, you know, you know, a large piece of business or just kind of creating your own kind of agency model where you have people that work for you that do events. Um, the world really is your, you can do whatever you want to do in this space, but you got to do what works for you and just remember to give yourself grace. It's tough. Um, I had a call today being so transparent with you all. And I was like, girl, today is not a good day. I, this is, I just had a moment and there's, I, it was, this has probably been my first uh, moment that I've had in a very long time, but I've also accepted this is part of the process. This is part of what I've chosen to do. I could go on LinkedIn today and put my resume up and get a job. I'm confident in the next 60 days, but honestly, I'm like, nope. This is where I am. I'm going to give myself grace. This is today's just not a good day, and I'm okay with that. But guess what? I'm going to go tonight, network with someone, and I'm going to get a good night's rest and start all over tomorrow. So uh, give yourself grace, and you know, find do it in a way that works best for you. That's my advice. I love it. Such great, seriously, such great advice, and one that you can just listeners press replay on that because it's gonna <laughs> it's a reminder that you'll need to have as time goes on. Absolutely. So. Thank you for all these awesome thoughts today. And we love to finish off with some sentence finishers for our guests. So I'm just going to send some rapid fire questions your way and you can fill in the blank. So the first one is, if I had more hours in the day, I would read. I feel like I never have time to read. I, it's something I want to do. I have a ton of books and I buy things and I read them on the go. But I wish I just had like dedicated time to read where I wasn't sleepy. That's the thing, right? Like read without falling asleep. I would love to have more time to read. Oh, so true. <laughs> so good. Yes. <laughs> um, next one is my favorite productivity tool is. 
Oh, Shift. I just invested in this. I think it's a great investment so far. I'm so hyped about it. I just did it like literally two weeks ago and it's really changed the game. Um, Shift is a uh, app. It costs money, but what it does is it allows you to sign into various email accounts and different apps, Slack, FreshBooks. And instead of having to like log in, it's just basically like like tabs of all your applications. So I don't have to log into my 8,000 emails. I can just click on it. I'm already connected. And I'm like, this has changed the game. I hate the whole new Google profile thing. So now I don't have to deal with that because I have shift, but I've just noticed the difference in just me flowing from like email accounts to apps and to have it all in one and not have to like log in or have a thousand tabs open is really felt just different. So I would definitely say um, shift and um, yeah, I would say shift. That's a, I've heard about that, especially more recently. So I feel like I got to check it out. Awesome. Good pro tip. So our next one is simple advice you can give to a small business owner. Hire an accountant. Yeah. Hire an accountant. Um, they don't necessarily have to do your books. There's one thing my accountants taught me and I've done the, my first year in business is books, your first year of business, at least you have better insight and can understand like the business side of your business. And so it's just good to be tapped in and tuned in, but your accountant is good to meet with quarterly for tax planning preparation, um, just for someone that can advise you on like tax law. As your business grows, you may have to change business entities and go from LLC to um, S Corp. So I would say um, if you have to make an investment, excuse me, if you have to make an investment early in your business, hire an accountant. That should be the top of your list to do. Oh yeah. Accountants. We love talking about finance, even though it's I always joke, it's not the fun part of business, but At all. Know, it's very essential. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we let you go, Jasmine, where can our listeners find you if they want to learn more about you and all the amazing things you're doing? Yeah, so I am on Instagram. I'm not as active, but my Instagram is at um, the Jasmine Smith, all one word. I'm also very heavy on Twitter. I, I love to tweet about small business um, musings and things and articles. So I'm at Twitter at uh, Jasmine Dot, and it's D-O-T Smith. And then lastly, I am also launching a podcast uh, to really focus and share stories of entrepreneurs who've made the shift from working traditionally nine to five into the entrepreneurial um, space. And so my podcast is called Built to Quit. Um, and so we'll be launching our first episode on February 1st. And so again, we'll be talking very practical tips similar to how you all did today on just things that um, folks can do in preparation, no matter what industry you're in, but folks can do to prepare to go from nine to five into full-time entrepreneurship. I love it. Thank you so much. Yeah, be sure to check it out. And we will link all of those in the show notes as well, if y'all want to get um, those for reference. So Jasmine, thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate your time. Excited for everyone to listen to this episode. And we now are going to transition over to our bonus tip for the day, which Logan has for us. Yeah. All right. So today's bonus tip is all about virtual. Um, so this one is you need to add your pronouns to your Zoom, your Teams, your Google Meet, Guys, it's 2022. <laughs> Let's make the virtual world more inclusive. Um, I have come, someone coming to this as I have a gender neutral name, and I will say the number of emails I get that say like Mr. Clements. Um, I just think we all need to, to normalize it. So I will do a shameless plug. I made a YouTube video about it. Go over to my YouTube channel, Logan Clements. You can learn. I walk you through for Zoom how to turn it on. You, it takes 15 seconds, and you never have to do it again. It'll just be on your profile every time you join a meeting. So there's our bonus tip, and I'll kick it back to Mary to wrap us up. 
Yeah. Awesome bonus tip. Thank you for calling that out, Logan. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. If you would like to find us and you don't follow us already, you can find us on Instagram at Better Events Pod. We are also now on Twitter at Better Events Pod. So we can now tweet with Jasmine <laughs> and have continued conversations that way. You can also email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com. And thank you so much again for listening to this episode. And we will be back with you again next Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you.